Welcome to DeFi by Design, where we talk all things blockchain and cryptocurrency, while striving to educate, empower, and enrich. Welcome back to the DeFi by Design podcast brought to you by The Rollup, a media and education company that provides high-quality, actionable insights and information on all things Layer 2s, Rollups, DeFi, scaling solutions, new protocols, juicy alpha, and insightful research. We're excited to share with you the latest trends and development in the DeFi space so you can stay informed and ahead of the curve. Without further ado, we will jump right into this episode with a brief update on some of our current sponsors. Buffer Finance is a non-custodial, exotic options trading platform built to trade short-term price volatility and hedge risk of high leverage positions. They are a leader in the arbitrum charge taking over on layer twos and totally understand the potential of blockchain technology and how it's transforming the finance industry. They are proud to support DeFi by design. If you're looking for a platform to trade short-term options, look no further than Buffer Finance. With their innovative tech, easy to use platform, they're at the forefront of the options tech in Arbitrum. Visit their website, buffer.finance, and take a look at all their options. ZKX is a leader in the decentralized derivative DEX market on StarkNet. StarkNet is a cutting edge technology built to help scale Ethereum using ZK rollups. They understand the potential of scaling, blockchain tech, and how it's going to change the world of leverage trading. ZKX protocol is happy to be on testnet and will be on mainnet very shortly. Check out ZKX protocol on Twitter, as well as on Crew3 to get more information about what's going on on StarkNet. This episode of DeFi by Design is presented by Union. Union Labs was founded with a vision to create trustless infrastructure. The mission is to bring zero-knowledge proofs to various ecosystems and ensure a fair market for generating ZK proofs. While building in stealth, Union has developed the Union testnet and successfully established an IBC connection between this testnet and Ethereum. Union will bring assets natively to any blockchain and enable account abstraction with interchain queries. This setup is not a dummy or hacky one. It includes a full IBC stack, light clients with membership proofs, header verification using ZK proofs, a stateless relayer, and zero knowledge provers. Get answers to all your ZK questions on Union's website, union.build, and DM at union underscore build on X. Now let's get back to the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the DeFi by Design podcast, episode 110. Uh, here for the second go with our boy Luca uh, from Pudgy Penguins. A lot to, to discuss as far as what is being built in the Web3 space today. Here with my boy Rob as well. Rob and I just got back from a, a, an, an off-site down in South America. Had a lot of productivity and some fun too. So what's up, Rob? GM. Welcome to the bull market, <laughs> except uh, Pudgies have been in a bull market for for uh, quite a while here. So, Luca, man, thanks for coming on again. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you. Last one was so much fun. I was from the igloo. Now I'm in a more well-lit location and uh, vibes are up. Well, uh, thanks for having me and I hope you guys don't mind, but we're joined by the blind wombat Chester. Uh, who will be sitting on my lap during this interview, if that's okay with you guys. We welcome Chester to the party. Yeah, Chester probably has some good insights on on uh, how we got here and where we're going in this in this bull market. I mean, Pudgies have been up only since 2022, middle of the year. But people keep fading, Luca. Why? Why are people fading? I don't know. I, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I think they obviously people give us credit where credit is due. Um, I don't know if it's like because because we're near all time highs, you know, because it's like it's easier if something was like at 30 ETH and now it's like at two ETH and it's like easy because it's like, OK, there's it, to make it back. It's like 95 percent. And I think for us, you know, I think our all time high is like seven ETH. So like, oh, I, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I you know, the community says this all the time, but like a lot of the things that we announce, like in a bull market would take us to new heights, you know, every single time. And so I guess that sometimes that can be a little frustrating because you know, you're doing a, a good job and maybe some people have seen success and have seen opportunity, um, you know, because they timed it a little bit better because they were running the ship uh, a little bit earlier than we were. 
but I trust the process. I know that if we continue to do what we're doing, uh, that we will stand the test of time and that we'll be where we ultimately want to be, which is, you know, the face of NFTs, the face of Web3. Uh, and I think once we accomplish that, all of our community members and holders are happy. And, you know, the best part about being a, a part of this is the community, the, the community that's existing loves what they're seeing and they're respecting what they're seeing and they're happy. And so, you know, it's hard to convince somebody who's a maxi of some other collection to come in and buy pudgies at the end of the day, you know, I think our greatness will speak for itself as we continue to execute. Um, but what's most important to me is that the community is happy. No one's what's Luke is doing. What, what are they doing? Right? Like every, everyone knows the deal and knows the situation that we're in. And, uh, you know, comparatively, you know, since the start of this bear market, which is pretty much the day that we bought the project, uh, we've been on a pretty good trajectory. And so uh, sometimes I don't want to like compare myself to what it once was in the bull market. I kind of look at, you know, okay, this is what it was when we took over. This is what it is today. And if we continue on this path, then uh, everyone a part of this ecosystem will be happy. Yeah, I think you brought up a couple of good points there for for the aspiring aspiring uh, entrepreneurs and just overall people in the in the community that we have here who are you know who run th their own projects whether it be nfts or DeFi, and it's been a conversation that rob and i have been having with a lot of builders recently is that the timing of these kind of specific of events as you say where you know there's certain things that that could be done in a quote-unquote bull market that absolutely launch you know things to the moon and just cause a an absurd amount of hype, but you also only have so many ace of spades in your hand. So from a, from a builder to a builder, how do you, how do you manage expectations through different phases of, of the market when you have such a, a community who is, you know, kind of like diehards, as, as you say, just, they're very, very happy and uh, you know, glad to be a part of the community, but you still have to manage those expectations and then also strategically make decisions on what to do announcements wise, as well as kind of overall uh, hype wise based on the different phases of the market. So to our kind of listener base of DeFi builders or kind of uh, marketers, what's some thoughts that you've had and some of the strategies that, that you share to manage those expectations and also kind of time the announcements and news uh, as you will? It's an interesting one because it's, um... You know, there's there was a discussion at one point, which was, you know, do you just do we wait to do these things in a bull market when the announcements move, you know, volume and things like that? Like, obviously, you don't want to neglect the, the the first edition collectible that is the Pudgy Penguin NFT. You want to make announcements and want to move in that direction and make sure that there's some sort of positive impact uh, every time you announce something. Um, it's a fascinating one. And I think it, it's like you're caught in between a catch 22 because on one side if i said hey let's do walmart next year probably when a bull market you know a bull market's in our tides you know that announcement probably gets six million you know views on the post instead of two and a half and you know floor price and volume are probably move uh or there's probably more more volatility in that respect that might might benefit the holders i think you know, and then on one side of it, you have like, well, am I just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs? And the promise that I made to the community really early on was, you know, we are not going to wait for mass adoption. We're going to create it. I think that's where the IP yields the most success. And when you look at, you know, how I think this is going to work, what I'm trying to do, you know, in this bear market is gain credibility and gain familiarity. Uh, and through that is through product distribution, through content distribution, there's obviously things that I think are super exciting that we will hold for a bull market that yield the type of bull market uh, utility, as you would call it. Uh, Yuga Labs did a great job in terms of spearheading that. And so I think what we're doing right now is doing the best that we can and playing the environment to the best of our ability, which I think this environment yields, uh, you know, a track record or a success pattern that entails uh, you know, sustainable revenue, you know, growth, you know, outside, you know, initiatives instead of inwards initiatives or outwards initiatives instead of inwards initiatives. You know, this is an interesting scenario 
Um, because, you know, I am conscious of that. And at the end of the day, like I, I optimize for one thing above all else, which is community happiness. And I know what makes the community happy, whether it's the elephant in the room or like the, the word that no one wants to talk about, like Voldemort and Harry Potter, you know, and, and that, and that is, you know, positive gains in some direction. Right. And so I, um, I, I, I am confident for us too, that as we continue to develop, things will only get more exciting. You know, like people could think to themselves, well, Walmart is, you know, how much bigger can it get? It can get bigger and it can get better. Uh, and I think it also pushes us from an entrepreneurship perspective and from a team perspective, you know, how do we keep upping the bar? Because the bar is pretty high uh, and we continue to raise it. And as we continue to execute, uh, I think the announcements will get even more and more exciting. But it is an interesting conundrum and one that I think is not to be neglected. There is something to be said that our efforts aren't getting the same magnification and the same output that they would have, you know, 18 months ago. Uh, but just because that's the case does not mean that we should not be productive and should not be trying to break barriers. At the end of the day, an NFT bull market is going to come because people are doing exciting things. Not because, you know, everyone decided to twiddle their thumbs and wait for the bull. The more people that are just waiting, the more likelihood a bull will never come. And, you know, we have to make this space exciting again. We have to make this space legitimate. We have to make this space tangible. And um, I think that, you know, Pudgy Penguins is playing a huge role in doing that. Yeah, and we similarly think, Rob, too, like with the teams that we spoke to about whether it's launching a coin, you know, or doing their IDO or... Uh, you know, making some big splash, we often hear like in the current state, oh, it's just maybe not worth it or, oh, the market's not quite quite ready. But as you say, Luca, you know, you have to build those, you have to build the excitement before. You have to build that kind of uh, PVE environment instead of this PVP, everyone kind of dumping on each other environment. You have to build that positivity. Um, yeah, Robin, what do you think? I think it speaks volumes to the impact of the initiatives that you have now because you are making waves and there isn't much of a current in your direction in the, in this current market conditions. So it speaks to the, to the impact that you guys have in a bear market to make these contributions. And ultimately that, that impact that you have on the market overall drives the entire market as a whole. So I think there is an element of a rising tide lifts all boats but there's also like the moon that creates those tides. There is the gravity that pulls the water in a certain direction and creates the tides that lift all the other boats. And I think you have a unique positioning of benefiting from the, from the tide and also having a, a significant impact on when the tide occurs. So I think, I think it's, a, it's a really unique position. And I'm curious, you mentioned from the from the time you acquired the project, which was kind of the start of the bull, the bear market, we've been long, you know, over, over a year now that you've had that and, and been working on the project. What's different from now and then? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, even, even 12 months ago, it was a little bit better. You know, I, I, we, we quite literally, these last couple of months, there was a couple hours during a couple of days. I was like, holy shit. Like, and then, and then my intuition and my instinct came back to reality. And I was like, wait, you know, don't let price action remove the fundamentals of what this is. Uh, but it was looking dismal for a minute here. I think it's looking a little bit better now. Um, and hopefully that was the, what we call the bottom. But I think, I think the space is evolving. You know, there's there's one thing to frame a narrative and there's another thing to execute on that narrative. And I hope with Pudgy Penguins, you know, as we succeed, it will indicate and signal to anybody else who wants to make an NFT project that if you want to succeed, you're going to have to do real shit. Right. So, for example, Pudgy Penguins success has already been incredibly impactful for the industry because everyone's already dissected what we've made what has made us successful. And they're already copying our Instagram strategy. They're already copying our Giphy strategy. They're already copying our product strategy. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. You know, I think copying is a, is a 
great form of flattery, I think, for us. And I want you to, because ultimately, think about how much more followers and exposure and awareness Web3 is getting because of the trickle-down effects of everyone trying to copy what Pudgy Penguins is doing. I mean, Pudgy, you know, Web3 and NFTs went from an, a, million, a million follower base on social media outside of Twitter to now they're now we're like, you know, the entire, you know, TikTok and Instagram social medias of Web3 companies are now on the rise, hitting all-time highs on a daily basis because of what we're doing, which ultimately is just going to serve everybody better during the bull run. Right. And so, you know, I, I am, uh, you know, I think we're already changing that. And so, you know, as we continue to succeed, I think more and more people will follow in line. And I think that will create more of a, you know, stable growth pattern because, you know, the problem is, is I think NFTs up until this point have been built on speculation. And the problem with speculation, there's a pro to speculation, which is like giga pumps. Right. But with the, with the giga pump comes a giga dump, you know, and they're definitely going to clip that one, but you know, it, it's, it, and, and that's not, that's, that's our, our industry can't be built off of giga pumps and giga dumps. It just can't. Right. And so I actually don't mind the steady growth pattern where you just know we're going in a direction uh, that like doesn't yield any room for dangerous speculation that ends up hurting people because everyone loves when they're early on this speculation, but they never talk about or we we rarely talk about the people that get really hurt by that. And so the, the thing that I think we do really good at Pudgy Penguins is, you know, exactly what you're buying into when you buy a Pudgy Penguin. There's no room for you to like try to reinvent a narrative that, you know, at the end of the day, you can make a conscious buying decision that does not leave room for misinterpretation that ultimately can hurt people. And so it may not give us that like vertical upwards the same way that some people want it, but I actually think it sets us up for long-term success, which I ultimately think the great transfer of, you know, wealth is going to happen through people who are, you know, focusing on long-term success. I think the space will mature to that. You know, since we last spoke, an interesting development that I think is fascinating is royalties have actually gone to zero. So the whole NFT revenue doesn't really exist anymore. And I can tell you as a top, you know, I, I think it'd be incredibly hard to argue that we're not at a top five PFP project. I would argue it's really hard to argue we're not a top three PFP project, but we'll just say top five for the sake of being pragmatic. You know, from a pragmatic lens, we are a top five NFT project and we make 10, 15, $20,000 a month on royalties. And we're a top five NFT project. Think about anybody else who's not us. You know, Yuga probably, I did the math, probably makes a couple hundred thousand dollars a month, but it's actually gone to zero. And so with that, I think presents a huge problem. I mean, talk about the chink in the armor, right? If you have a huge valuation, you need to meet that valuation, you need to make money. The best way to make money in Web3 is through minting new collections. We've seen that. It's the easiest, highest yield return uh, for your time, energy. Uh, though it ends up hurting the holders, the core believers of the initial assets, you know, if you keep going down that rabbit hole too too frequently. Uh, and, and then just like there's just writing on the wall that NFTs outside of the primary sale are not making you any cash. There is no cash flow. Uh, and that presents a really dangerous problem, uh, a dangerous, you know, it's a good and a bad problem. It's a good problem because it requires people to innovate and get creative, which is good. Uh, it's a bad problem because a lot of people signed up under a, a different expectation, right? They signed up under an expectation that we would make royalties and that I would, would be able to pay salaries and we would have a steady cash flow in some respect. And now they are caught holding the bag and unfortunately we'll be labeled rug pullers and scam artists when in reality, it's like, dude, they, like, what are you going to do? Your business, 99% of NFT projects revenue has gone to zero this year, actually gone to zero. So they either are caught with two options, make real money, which is not as easy as I think people think. If everyone could just stand up a business and make real money, wouldn't we all be rich? Uh, and then the second one is minting more NFT collections, which in, in times of overflowing demand can be a net positive. Uh, but in times of, you know, bear market times, it's a huge net negative, right? When there's no overflowing demand, minting projects can be a death sentence. And so this landscape, I think, it's kind of been brushed under the rug because there was some hoopla and some uproar, but man, oh man, uh, I, I actually don't think people really understand what is happening because if I didn't have toys, 
or collectibles or all the stuff that we have going on, I would be freaking out. And these things don't are very time intensive to actually get up and running. It took us a whole year. Me as an experienced, you know, guy, consumer product guy who's done hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue selling consumer products, took me a year to stand up a toy line. A whole year. You know, anybody else probably will take you a year if you're lucky or a year and a half or two years to really hit the velocity that we're hitting. Or you probably have to sign up for a bad deal, which also don't, wouldn't solve your revenue problem. So you're just looking at the writing on the wall and it's just extremely scary times. Uh, but nonetheless, I think one that will ultimately apply a lot of pressure and people will fold under that pressure or they will turn into diamonds. And uh, I'm excited to see who turns into a diamond. Yeah, pretty comprehensive answer. I mean, the landscape, not only 18 months ago was a bit more frothy with speculation, floor prices were, were higher. But yeah, I remember doing the math on, on some of these collections, even even when when you bought uh, Pudgy and kind of uh, the you know brought the royalties up and then down or you know more or less, I was like, holy cow, Yuga Labs is making millions of dollars per month, just almost like I don't want to say doing nothing, but but like they're, they're people are just trading and speculating, and I was like, wow, it's a, it's, it's a crazy business model, and then yeah, blur, and then dumps, and then liquidity, and then and then just, wow. And so I think to your point, like the speculative aspect of that, uh, you know, was was great to kind of unveil this new asset clash, should we call it that? But also, as you said, with that speculation comes a big dumps and unexpected events. The loss of royalties is kind of a, I can only imagine what where your head was at that, that day. It was like, oh, so that's gone now. Like, like no, what the hell were you thinking? No, we're we're fine, right? But to say that I wasn't pissed, I was like, I was like, damn, that's basically two million dollars a year just gone, and that's yeah, that's and an like, The users were fine. They like, I mean, it's obviously for for traders, it's better now. For speculators, it's better now. But that nobody cared in a sense. I mean, there was some outcry, but it was like, it wasn't the problem. You know, it wasn't the problem. And and the thing is, is, you know, I, I'm not like totally against speculation. I mean, look at cryptos built off of speculation. This entire trillion dollar market cap asset class has been basically built off of speculation. Right. And if you remove NFTs, like the pretty pictures from NFTs and just look at them from like a token perspective, like a holistic perspective. You know, they are tokens and they could very well be featured on coin market cap if they wanted to. It's just like, there's still also just a fundamental discrepancy because it's like Pudgy Penguins is at an $80 million market cap. It's in Walmart. I mean, look at the followers, look at the growth, look at the memetic power just on Giphy, right? Like the memetic power is there. $80 million, you know how much vaporware is in, in the coin market cap when you start getting down to 80 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars. I mean, it's like, it's nonsense all over the place. It's just endless vaporware. And it's just, it's just fascinating because it's like, I'm not neglecting that part of the industry. It can be a beautiful part of it, but there's like, you know, founders can play a role in fueling that, or they can play a role in tapering that, right? Like in a bull market, you know, there'll probably be speculation around Pangu token and things like that. Like that stuff probably will arise and, you know, whatever. Right. But the point of the matter is, it's like, what comes out of my mouth, I think is important. And I can do my best to basically make people make an educated decision as to what they're getting into and what they're buying, right? Like when I buy an Ethereum, I know what I'm buying, right? If I know buy a Bitcoin, I know what I'm buying. If you buy a Pudgy Penguin, you know what you're buying. With NFTs, it was like, I didn't really know what I was buying. You know, I was in all these alpha chats and we were trading NFTs and, you know, we were just buying shit just to flip it, you know? And then people just insane uproar when for some reason doesn't go your way, but when Elon Musk tweets Doge, right? Is that an indication to go by? Not necessarily. This is also like a weird thing that crypto has taught me about self-accountability. It's like strange. I've always been, you know, when I bought like millions of dollars of Chamath SPACs and I blew it all up, like, who am I? Am I like Chamath, you, you evil? Per no, dude. I made that conscious decision, you know? 
And I decided to listen to Chamath instead of doing my own due diligence. And I got freaking burned because I'm an idiot. Like, Dude, that guy talks so weird. He's such a weirdo <laughs> guy. <laughs> they were showing, they were talking about Solana at the top. Him and some guys, they were like, it's going to 1500. Oh, man. Yeah. It's uh, another, <laughs> another thing that you said there, Luca, and, and that I'm curious about your, uh, obviously, you guys are, are focused on like kind of this, this uh, more mainstream appeal adoption to crypto. Uh, Rob and I rebranded DeFi State to the rollup to kind of focus on more like scalable technologies, onboarding uh, people to, you know, Ethereum layer twos, where it's cheap, fast. Um, and I think a combination of where your head is at and where the tech is at, as far as devs and, the, and kind of more of the crowd that perhaps we're speaking to on a, on a, on a, uh, a weekly basis, they're, they're kind of coming together at, at this perfect time where like the, this tech back end, like we have fast safe chains we have decent mobile wallets we have you know pretty good uh on-chain experiences we have some like account abstraction and some different types of of features that we didn't have uh in you know 2020 2021 and then we have you know just fucking trailblazers like like yourself who are just going out and who are you know pushing the limits as far as onboarding so it's kind of like we're like stirring this pot here um you know so i'm curious kind of what your thought process was with, with uh, choosing ZK Sync for Pudgy World, you know, kind of your thoughts on like, okay, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my part for the ecosystem of going to get as many people involved as possible. And then, you know, just hoping and relying on the, on the devs and the builders in the back end of these rollups and of these technologies to kind of build the ecosystem that I need to succeed. I'm just curious, like how that all went down and how you see that from your lens kind of, focusing on that outward bound uh, marketing and kind of onboarding. Taking a quick commercial break here to tell you guys about our lovely sponsors. Right before we get back to this fascinating discussion, we have a message from our current sponsors. Here we go. I want to take a moment to introduce you to our sponsor, Premia Finance. Premia is a native options protocol that offers market-driven pricing and capital-efficient returns for traders and liquidity providers. With Premia, you can trade options on a variety of different crypto assets. Well, what sets Premia apart is its unique pricing mechanism, which is based on the market's expectation of future volatility. This means that options prices are always in line with market conditions, which provides traders with the most fair and transparent pricing. Recently, Premia has just launched their Options Academy, where you can learn for free how to become a proficient options trader. Uh, feel free to check it out at premium.finance, um, hedge your risks or amplify your positions um, to earn more capital efficient returns on premium finance. Thank you. And another exciting sponsor to introduce you is Plan of Finance. I've recently uh, on, been onboarded as an advisor for Plan of Finance, which is one of the first self-custodial wallets to support account abstraction. With Plan of Finance, you can revolutionize your crypto experience and take control of your assets like never before. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing multiple wallets. Hello to a seamless, user-friendly experience. Plan of Finance allows you to easily manage your assets, swap tokens, and earn rewards all in one place on your mobile phone. They have an app in the Apple App Store as well as in the Google Play Store. Uh, with Plan of Finance's self-custodial wallet, you hold the keys to your assets, ensuring the highest level of security and privacy. With tons of cool features like gasless trading, um, interesting yield competitions, and cool NFTs, there's an amazing amount of effort going into building this app that already has tens of thousands of users. So what are you waiting for? Download Planet Finance today and experience the future of crypto wallets. Yeah, so I think what Pudgy Penguins does really well and what we can do for the entire crypto industry is we are elite branders and elite marketers. And what crypto has a problem is it doesn't have, you know, there's obviously clear technical problems, but there's an abundance of technical talent that is interested in cryptocurrency and the blockchain. Where I see there's a huge talent pool lacking, where there's a huge area lacking in this industry is really in marketing and branding. I mean, it's clinically bad. I would probably say we are the best, if not one of the best in the industry. and I think we're super talented, right? But like 25 years old, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't have a strong case as to why we are the best branders and marketers in this industry, which I think I could have a compelling argument. Now, you you know, there might be one or two guys that you might want to, you know, put me up against, but 
I think the data would support that we are the best branders and marketers in crypto, right? Like if you just look at the data, right? And so from that perspective, you know, we want to play a role doing what we do best, which is proliferating the character and the IP and the thesis of Web3 and the technology of blockchain. Like that is our role in this industry. And with that, there's a lot of things that we don't do as well, right? And so there's amazing chain partners, there's amazing collaborators, uh, whether they're building SaaS products or tooling. And I am always, I've been, I've been preaching this since basically day one of my entrepreneurship, but I've made my whole career on working smarter, not harder. I never owned 100% of anything. I rarely even owned 50% of things. I always owned like 15, 20, 30, maybe 40% of businesses because I was never the person that wanted to do all of the work. I wanted to put people in place to do the work and we would collaborate to build something great and awesome. And this worked really well for me for a very long time and still has. It's kind of our ethos in Pudgy Penguins. Like we're not, you know, we have Pudgy World. We're not the best game developers. We've never built games before, but there's plenty of people who have. What gaming and Web3 does not have is they don't have a distribution mechanism. We are the we are the kings of distribution. I mean, we are in tens of thousands of stores now across the world. Call it 10,000 plus. Tens of thousands is a little misleading, but 10,000 plus stores around the world. We're selling hundreds of thousands of toys. This month, we will sell hundreds of thousands of toys. Next month, we will sell hundreds of thousands of toys. And next and December, we will sell hundreds of thousands of toys. We're gaining thousands of followers every single day. We're getting tens of millions of views every single day across all of our social mechanics. And so all, all of our social platforms. And so what we know how to do is we know how to distribute, right? And so you just work backwards. What do we know how to do well? right? We know how to, you know, market well, we know how to create great products and, and uh, experiences that people love, right? We might not be able to, you know, figure out the fine details and certain things. And this is where we bring partners, right? Like, for example, ZK Sync, you know, for the Pudgy World product, for example, you know, there's a lot of chains that are fast. There's a lot of chains that do this and that. And ZK Sync is one of the best chains at what it does. But what really excited me about ZK Sync is their ability to participate and want to help build uh, what we're doing. Right. Like they just don't want to be a passive partner and just sit back and be like, hey, thanks for using our chain. We want to support you in every way possible. And that's what it means to 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 align yourself with people who want to support you. It's not just like, hey, you know, you have a good product. You need more than a good product if you want what we have. Right. You need to be able to help us. And they've done that in a way that I think is bar none to anybody else. Yeah, could you go a little bit more in depth? So are they like they they helped out with a grant and they also helped out with, with uh active dev work, uh community support, kind of yeah, what's the yeah, they they basically gave us like full dev resources access, BD partnerships, events. You know, we have like a whole slew of events going out for Pudgy World into the next year once the product actually ships. So the product that is today is very much not the minimum viable MVP, which it was it was which is what it was before that, but it's very much a true MVP now. We will go into what I call like our alpha stage uh, with this launch in December, which I'm super excited for. Uh, and then that product will have like a real chance of succeeding once we make that launch. Uh, they helped with the grant. They helped with, uh, you know, a, a ton of other resources. I mean, they're just they're just proactive, right? Uh, PR, right? I've got a whole PR team that I can call anytime I want. You know, I don't need to pay it. Like just cool stuff like that. It's like, dude, you... You care about seeing this product succeeding and the chain is just good. Like it's, it's, it's competitive to any other chain L2 that exists. Like to say that ZK sync is not, I just would say like, you're not looking at the numbers because they are definitely, there's, there's nothing really any other L2 does significantly better uh, than ZK sync in my opinion. I mean, to them, it's kind of a no brainer, right? Rob, like don't we speak to all these chains and their biggest thing is like attracting dApps, attracting uh, builders attracting devs. Like we speak to so many chain ecosystems and it's like attracting devs. That's what they want. They want to attract builders to build on top of their chain. So for them, it's like, you, if you guys are going to go in and bring all these users to ZK sync and, and allow them to engage in pudgy world, people that wouldn't even usually be on chain. It's like, okay. I mean, it's like Christmas for, for, uh, from Rob and I's point of view, as far as when we talk to these chain builders. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a good deal on our side. I think it was a good deal on their side. And ultimately, you know, what we want to be is I want to be the face of consumer facing crypto. And I think ZK Sync has a similar dream, right? And so 
I, I, I would say you're hard pressed to find another brand that is pushing consumer facing crypto outside of board eight than us, uh, you know, and, and I think we're leading that charge. And so I, I plan for it to be a long and fruitful relationship and they've been nothing but stellar partners up until this point. The convergence of NFTs as the consumer facing products and the technology of these blockchains is is an interplay that I'm super bullish on. It's 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 criminally obvious, honestly. I mean, I just don't know how I don't know. I think meme meme coins and meme theses are obvious. I mean, dude, you you clearly haven't walked the floor of Comic Con or been to one of these crazy Star Wars or Harry Potter events. NFTs are the consumer facing products for crypto and, and, and people, I don't think ever really gave NFTs the credit they really should have given during that bull run. I mean, NFTs were so prevalent that the entire network would shoot up a hundred X in gas. If there was a crazy mint going on, I mean, from a, you know, it's from an ad perspective, just think about this. It is really hard to like, do an ad and be like, go buy this crypto coin. There's like nothing exciting about it. There's just like, what, this coin and like this graph, right? Maybe some like cool stream meme that like makes you laugh your ass off. But marketing an NFT project, your your opportunities are infinite. Like it's, it's, it's infinite in how many ways you can position it. You can do an animatic, you can do a whole storyboard, you can do a meme, you can do, there's like, a trillion ways to get people excited of this character. And if you get them excited enough, then they make a MetaMask, they buy Ethereum and they come in. It's true retail adoption and, and like the proliferation of it, right? Like you saw it with Bored Ape. None of these celebrities can put a Bitcoin, they can do some laser eyes. Laser eyes was a good little marketing tactic that Bitcoin Bitcoiners had, right? But like, dude, is there was never ever a crypto marketing masterclass and an adoption masterclass from a crypto facing product than board eight. Nothing even comes remotely close. Nobody talks about it. I'm like, why don't you talk about what was honestly crypto's greatest marketing moment of all time? It's not FTX arena or crypto.com arena or the logo on Jersey or in UFC octagon. That's freaking, that's, that's nothing, dude. That's, that's like inches compared to, you know, superstar changing their profile picture of a board ape and all the impressions that superstar gets. And then that superstar, like Neymar, what? That, that alone beats your whole crypto.com UFC octagon sponsorship single-handedly. I mean, that maybe a couple others compounded would beat that, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, that, that, and that is organic. That is unparalleled. I mean, we, we're not going to have the organic conversation because I don't, I personally don't know. But the point of the matter is, is that is proliferation in its maximum form. Nothing else in crypto can proliferate like that. The retail demand for these things are exponentially better than anything else uh, in the industry. I promise you more so than meme coins, more so than all that. Just like the friction of buying and selling them was a problem. And I, and I think over the course of the last couple of years, a lot of bright minds have solved a lot of these liquidity things and you know with flooring labs that we're seeing now like ugh, flooring labs integrates into uniswap in a seamless way and i can just go eth to upp and just buy ten dollars of a pudgy penguin like if you see how that flow how i'm imagining that flow just go to uniswap upp verified flooring labs token and i can just buy ten dollars of a pudgy penguin i mean it, that whole market cap discrepancy that i talked to you about of like, how the hell is Pudgy Penguins an $80 million market cap token when there's $500 million vaporware all over the place? That will be solved. That, that, because then, because then there's like endless liquidity at that point. It, it's going to get yeah. really special pretty soon. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking about the difference between non-fungible and fungible. Like it's tougher to, it's tougher to really scale like the non-fungible market cap to something like, I don't know, like a freaking Tron or something. You know, it's just, those are, but yeah, if we, if you could, you could kind of do that fractionalization and, and, and make it so people can buy $500, $200, $1,000 worth over and over, then what you end up getting is more of like a, yeah, you get more of like a liquid chart, like a liquid graph, uh, as if it was a, a, a fungible token, but 
yeah, it's been pretty cool to see that, um, you know, flooring labs thing pop up and, and furthermore on your point is, and Rob is this, the proliferation of the, of the, of the market with the pudgy image and the pudgy food and the, and the toys and the Instagram, that's all, none of that's really possible with a, you know, a Litecoin. like, like there's a logo and like, there's a, there's a lightning strike, but like, you know, no one's really getting that excited about that. Um, and then, and when you put on, on top of that, what you're trying to do as far as like actually build a real business in, in crypto, honestly, man, like you, Pudgy Penguins might be one of the only few other than like a software company, a data company, uh, or select tooling and infra that is actually trying to build like a, a, a profitable business in crypto. And, you know, I, I think there's been a, bit, been a bit of an issue with that as, as far as the speculative aspect, um, and yeah, I just think that this next this next run is going to be dominated by more and more businesses that have tokens or NFTs rather than just kind of like a I don't know a random project. They'll be the pretty pictures that go hundred x over mint. You know, I was talking about this on another interview. There actually was there's actually nothing more exciting than from like a trading and flipping perspective than a mint. Like they're actually, it actually is probably the most exciting way to try to make money as like a consumer because like the rare pulls and shit like that. And like all that, that comes with it. You have like a one in 10,000 chance of hitting the lottery. If you get a one-on-one, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just talking about it. Like I know 100% NFTs will come back just because the minting was like, there's nothing more fun. Shit coins are boring, dude. Like it's too much stress, you know, like way too much way too it's bullshit and mints are like shit coins on like 10x steroids there's just so much more upside to like going and doing a dope mint than like doing some pre-sale some shitter so it's coming back i just for that reason alone i know it will come back yeah i i was curious about that about the uh the the zk sync grant as well and that kind of took me more into like you know rob and i just applied for the uh retro retro optimism grant and that, that only exists in crypto. Um, but, but I'm curious, like now that royalties have, have uh, kind of dissipated entirely, um, obviously that was part of some of your plan as far as making money in the business model. But wh- where do you see like the next 18 months or, or so, or even just from now until end of 24, like where do you see the majority of the Pudgy Penguin revenue coming from? Do you have plans to open up different streams of of revenue and then once we kind of get through this i'm curious is it a is it a spread and go wide approach or is it a fixate on what's working in scale kind of vertically yeah going into the new year so we 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 did the spread wide approach this year right so a lot of different things and you know once we launched the children's book which would probably be like the last one that will go into next year so that will be like an, an outlier but next year it's just like make the numbers so ginormous, go market, market, scale revenue. The ZK Sync grant was nice because it's like, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing because the NFT, and I'm trying to see how like this will mature. And I know there's a bunch of major projects that are about to stage a coup and like completely flip, like there's, there's some interesting things going in the background some projects are not going to stand for this zero royalty shit. Like they're feeling it and they're working on solutions. And so I'm like, I'm not feeling it the same way that they're feeling it. So I'm like, great. You guys go solve this problem. You reach out to me with the solution. If the solution makes sense, then I will implement. If not, then we'll see. But like, think about it. How many years can an NFT project go with making zero money from the NFT? with like, with still prioritizing the NFT. Now my business is different because I've reinvented the community to be like my affiliate marketers to go and generate outside revenue. Right. Which I think is like, I think that's the solution, but like, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, and and I've been honest with this. I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Like what I make at Walmart is nothing short of what was being made every single day on like bullshit mints. Like those bullshit mints that were minting on the daily basis every day during a bull market, like multiple times a day are making more money than what I will make when we sell out Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's like a it's like an interesting conundrum that I haven't really fully wrapped my head around because my plan is like, dude, just build the business, get this to where it needs to be, and everything will fall into place and it will kind of work itself out. And I trust the people solving the royalty issues. But like, can somebody really go 10 years without directly making money on what is supposed to be the most expensive and important asset in the ecosystem? I mean, think about it. Like, I don't know that answer. I don't know, like, and I don't know what that lever is. Now, I do know that if there's overflowing demand, then maybe I can introduce an antagonist, which is like a polar bear, right? Like, and, but like, I've got to hit serious ETH milestones for me to even consider adding another collection to the ecosystem. I mean, like, if I'm on a 30 ETH pudgy penguin floor, multiple ETH little pudgies, like, I can't even, I'm not even remotely thinking about potentially minting a new collection. Like, it's, I'm not, like, it's like, I know what happened. I, I know the only way that works is if overflowing demand is clear. And to me, overflowing demand is indicated by all of your NFTs in your ecosystem are too expensive for anybody that you want to come in, right? Like that would be my indicator. Like mutant apes were clearly the right decision, right? Because there was overflowing demand for the board ape and it was clear. People could not get a board ape. So minting the mutants was a great way. And it would actually play, I thought was a huge net positive for the board ape community. I mean, an, an instrumental net positive. You basically expanded the community. Thing went, you know, people don't know. I mean, board eight, uh, mutants were underwater for like a couple of weeks and then just kind of skyrocket. So it's just like a fascinating thought to kind of think about. I, I don't know necessarily, but I, I'm trusting in the universe to kind of shake it out by the time it becomes like a vocal point and in my thoughts. But right now my thoughts are just like, make the traditional business win so that I never really need to think this way. Uh, and I can always justify it with, uh, you know, we're winning regardless. So I don't need to go and try to get greedy. Does the, and I, I want to circle back to something you said earlier about increasing the liquidity for pudgy penguins, which then when someone can buy, t buy $10 worth of a pudgy, it lowers the barrier of entry and allows more demand to flow into the ecosystem without overflowing. Does that change your landscape of including new collections and adding new elements into the universe when there is a greater access channel into the, into the community? Yeah. I think the reason why the liquidity thing is cool is because it ultimately does create that point of entrance. But like at the end of the day, I can buy a 10th of a pudgy penguin, but I can't rock a pudgy penguin as a PFP. Like I don't really, you don't get any of the perks. You get exposure to the volatility, but you don't get exposure to any of the utility, right? And like utility, I think will still matter. Access will still matter. Uh, you know, community will still matter. Status will still matter. Uh, monetary gain through airdrops or licensing will still matter. You know, like people also underestimate this, like people think the board ape trade, I don't know why, again, this is just all, some of this stuff is strange to me outside looking in, but like the board, tr board ape trade was one of the greatest trades of all time. And specifically in the last 10 years, I mean, it was Allah buying Bitcoin in like 2012, not because of the board ape appreciation from mint price to 150 floor. It was everything that came with it right? This ability to drop things in people's wallet. I mean, if you would have sold close to the top of everything that Board Ape gave you with like, and you minted it, I mean, it's, it is the, the percentage gain is probably better than Bitcoin at like, obviously not like a dollar Bitcoin, but like a 20, 30, 50, hundred dollar Bitcoin, maybe I don't know the math, but it's close, right? Because you made close to $2 million off of everything Pico close to the top. Now, obviously we don't time the top, but around there. And that was because of a mechanism that only NFTs can yield. Only NFTs and NFT projects and NFT founders, if they have the wherewithal, can create that much wealth if you have a clear understanding as to what you're doing, right? Like, it's not like it's way better than any 2000x shitcoin that you pick up. Because if you pick up the right NFT project, which is, you know, Bored Ape, Clonex did this well, right? Obviously, the monolith was screwed, but Clonex did a really good job doing this. Azuki kind of did a good job doing this with the two beans. Like there's, there's a, a way to reward your holders and your community through NFTs. 
a way that no other business or no other cryptocurrency can do. Like it is the ultimate reward mechanism if the founder has the wherewithal to understand really the, the pros of this industry and if they can get far along to kind of create that value, right? Getting far along, I think, is the hard part. I think the wherewithal is pretty easy to, to deduct. All you got to do is study Yuga Labs to figure out how that happened. Uh, and so it's just like that that part of it, I think, is just criminally underestimated. And sorry if I didn't answer your question, but. No, you, you did. You did. It, it's clear from your answer that it's overwhelming demand for the utility because it's not just the token or the or the NFT or what exists on chain. It's what that on chain asset delivers you from from owning it. That's the overwhelming demand that then opens up new new doors and new opportunities. So, yeah, I the the answer was was great. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that you haven't used all your cards yet there, Luca. We got a couple left. No, I mean, dude, honestly, all of the sexy cards haven't been used because all the sexy cards are in a bull market. Like, I can't go exactly. airdrop anybody some bears right now. Why would I do that? Yeah. You would give so cash to the wallet. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, like, Nobody I'm really just dumping, doing the huh? best, what I call bear market utility that I can, which is like build a business, grow the exposure, and licensing is like the cherry on top. So, like, I'm not forgetting about you. You know what I mean? But, like, all that shit is ancillary and and like it's all what I can do now that I think is responsible and doesn't put this business at jeopardy. But I mean, dude, you 15, 20, 30, 50, like, dude, bear, whatever, this, that, like, dude, we'll get yeah. fun. It'll get really fun and really exciting. And that's, yeah, I bet it will. you know, a, a capoeira, an otter, like, oh shit, I got, I got plenty of characters in my Rolodex, you know? And obviously I'm not a fool. <laughs> I won't just do that like every month, you know, but like, dude, I, that's the most exciting part. Like the best thing that I can do for you, Andy, in a bull market is airdrop you an NFT. And you're like, oh, dude, clutch. You just gave me freaking 10 ETH. Stoked. Great job. Luca. Yeah, that'd be so hype, bro. Keep working. Exactly. Like the, I don't know why people just lose track of it. This, this is, I'm doing what I can that I think is smart practice for the in condition that we're in. In a bull market, dude, give me, give me a week in the war room with the crew. And like, I'm going to give you guys the best, best meal you've ever gotten in your life. I promise. I, I no, no doubt in my mind. I just have to make it there, make it there while growing, while the business makes it there, while the team makes it there. Right. Cause like, dude, you know, like people don't think about it, but like one of the reasons why I had to raise venture was like, dude, the team was burning out. They were getting paid nothing for 12 months. Of course I've got to go like raise capital and pay them. And, and even the guys, some of the guys today are clinically underpaid. So I got to work hard to make sure, you know, that, that stuff is important. Like talent is important. You can't have a bunch of rookies in your org. You know, you wouldn't get all the cool shit that we have today, all the nice looking shit. So we're doing our best with what we've got in this environment, I think is a uh, long story short. Well, Luca, you're, you're not just making it there. You're making it happen. So kudos to you and kudos to the whole pudgy team and the whole pudgy community. Um, I recently acquired, we acquired one on the roll-up. That was my PFP. I'm here oh, with you. PFP. I am my pudgy. My pudgy is me. And oh, I am I am here to stay. Thank you, Luca, bro. Uh, any any closing thoughts, any last words uh, to go out to all the pudgies out there? Uh, with Anytime you guys want an interview, I always do it. Sorry for being a couple minutes late. Robbie, you got a great macaroni head. You know, Andy, <laughs> always, your, your penguin is infamous in the penguin story. And just want to say thank you guys for supporting us. You know, Andy, you've always been a champion of the brand. It doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, the rest of the community, too. I mean, like, I couldn't have picked, a, you know, been a part of a better community in this respect. I Every day you guys make it easy for me to uh you know do my job and sometimes there'll be some outside hecklers but you guys got it covered so thank you guys for supporting us and uh thank you for all the pudgy holders and pudgy listeners uh who continue to support us it does not go unnoticed yes sir welcome to the bull we'll see you later sir welcome Peace. to the bull thanks luca yep thanks for listening to the DeFi by design podcast and a big thank you to all of our sponsors for their support. Please check them out in the links below, as well as on our website and in our newsletter. We'll be back with more exciting guests and insights. Until then, stay curious, stay informed, and keep designing the future of DeFi.